Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. Our guests this week are two of the members of the band Mean Jesus, who uh, I've had the extreme pleasure of, of stumbling across, and they have been so generous as to give me some of their time. Uh, they are on GGT Records, and they have a pre-order for their new 7-inch coming up on September 24th. They also will be playing with the legendary Reagan fucking youth, the Norfolk Tap House, September 26th. Keith and John of Mean Jesus, welcome to Why Do We Ever Meet. Hey, what's up, what's up? How are you guys? Not too bad. Pretty good, you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, uh, I got it uh, up top. I have to say, uh, we were talking beforehand, I have a dirty work hat on. I think we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that the world lost Norm McDonald today. And uh, that dude was a... A, a one of the most distinct, unique comedic voices, uh, and I think we are fortunate that we lived through his era of uh, of comedy. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so it's a real like odd circumstance. I think, like the GGT thing, I'm not sure how I I fell into discovering them, other than like maybe because of Josh English and Brian McTurnan. Um, guys that have been on the show before and obviously GGT released their, the forgive, forget seven inch, but I, 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 that has to be how I discovered it. And then I went and found you guys and listened to you guys on Spotify. And I was like, Oh shit, this band rules. I love it. Uh, I love, uh, I love hearing something. And I mean, this is a compliment. I hope you take it as a compliment. I love hearing something that is instantly familiar. It's new, but it's instantly familiar to me. That is the best feeling in the world for old fart punk rock guys. <laughs> Definitely not trying to, you know, we, we weren't trying to reinvent the wheel and just trying to take everything we liked, you know, like yeah. most of us come from similar backgrounds, but um, John's been, well, he's, he's a little more seasoned than some of us. So, <laughs> He's got, you know, and, and it's cool though. I, I appreciate that. Right yeah. on. Like I always try, like Keith's other band was like, we were, it was a little more pop punk, I guess. Like the, the okay. incarnation of this band. And then um, I, you know, we were going to roll with that, but then I, I kept talking about how much I love Sam I am. And I'm 44. So, you know, you know, like all the nineties Midwest, you know, Midwest emo type yep. stuff and, melodic hardcore so that that's what i've always wanted to do and uh, yeah i feel like i feel like i kind of pushed that a little bit you know like and then we just changed bands and became a new thing altogether. like yeah. okay because so. me and um the bass player ryan we were in a band called bad korea and okay fat rap distinct you know southern california bands 
like early night, like the nineties Southern California, like, you know, type stuff. Um, and with a little bit of like the Dillinger four thing going on in there, that sure. was, was a cool mix. And then, you know, with this, you know, I mean, Jesus, it's a lot, it's a, it's like we moved, like John said, we moved from California to, you know, you know, Midwest somewhere. Yeah. No, that, and, and that's what, that's the thing that kind of instantly catches with me is uh, I'm a huge Sam. I am fan. Uh, like, you know, one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, and, uh, it, it's, I mean, it comes up on the show all the time, uh, because they are such a, the profound influence that band had without being a green day or a yeah. Jimmy world, the, the, the impact that Sam, I had, Sam, I am ha- has had is, is kind of like immeasurable at this point. Yeah. And it's like a very, and like, I think, underrated you know because they get you know the, the, I, I feel like they've had as big as an impact as like those bands some of those bands you mentioned for sure yeah they don't, you know they don't you know, they, they're not on that pedestal yeah. In like yeah mainstream world or whatever but in the the punk rock world yeah like sam i am always has like yeah high level regard you know yeah uh i i feel like uh and and what was funny was i, I interviewed sergi a while back uh, and that episode will be coming out uh, soon. And one thing, it's funny to hear him discuss it because uh, he just sees it as like, he's like, you know, we never, we never were big. You know, he's like, for our, for, for our fans, it's a, this impactful thing. And for us, we never, we never made that jump. We never m- went to that next, next step. And we just yeah. kept going. And yeah, they were on major for what was it? Clumsy, I think. Yep. Clumsy was the, was the record on, I can't remember which major, but, and, and then, you know, turned around and they were, you know, I mean, they were still at it. And that was the cool thing. Like, I mean, majors were signing every, you know, up anything that was green day adjacent. Yeah, exactly. So. Jawbox and everybody got. Yeah. 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 All of the bands, like you and I are, uh, are close in, in age. I'm 41. So, um, you and I have a similar background, but having said that, Frank, it sounds like you meant, you mentioned Dillinger four, you mentioned fat records. So you guys clearly both come from punk rock, hardcore backgrounds. I'm assuming. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, you know, we, you know, I grew up on, you know, store. I, I, I got that typical story of, you know, getting a Metallica CD and learning how to play guitar yep. and stealing my older brother's CDs to get the fat wreck and like that that's my story like it yeah it's very textbook but then you know slowly getting into like more harder you know like hardcore and uh like you know um and just kind of going to shows and things like that who were some of the bands that uh who were some of the, the bands that were the gateways from your metallica cds to getting into your brother's records um i know Lagwagon and propaganda were like two big ones that you know, I know, I know, no, 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 <laughs> but, but you know, like, and just the, the it was mainly the fat rat compilations, uh, and yeah, mama compilations. And then, you know, it, it was, I was 15 when like Napster and like all that stuff was cause uh-huh. so it was like find someone that had like all this stuff and just, you know, download <laughs> you know, fiber. I know it's terrible to, you know, Lars, Lars would come after me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's and but it was a way to you know I, it made me get into bands and I, I 
I literally, I did go buy CDs. Like, you know, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Let yeah. Go check I, this I did out. too. Cause like the MP3 never sounded as good. No, like, it I didn't. Had, like, right. Real, so I would always buy the CDs. Yeah. 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 Like a good preview tool. It was, but, you know, and you know, there's, and then I got more into hard, like, so like converge and, uh, you know, Dillinger skate plan. Yep. You know, all yep. that stuff. So, uh, John, you you are of similar age as I, so I'm assuming you probably have some of the similar entry point bands that I do. But where's the where does punk and hardcore kick off for you? Well, it's interesting because it almost happened way earlier, which would have been super cool. But uh, <laughs> like when I was in fourth grade, my sister's a few years older than me. Okay, um, with like a seven seconds, it was Walk Together, Rock Together. Which Holy was, shit! Yeah, so it was like it was like fairly current at the time, you know? Yeah maybe a year old at that point but um she came home with that and i listened to it i'm like oh my god this is the coolest thing ever and then coc you know the coc logo with the skull yeah yeah like that was drawn on her binder one day so i was like so i went went to the locals like local record store and i bought uh animosity on cassette right mm-hmm. so i'm listening so i have like two 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 records at this point yeah and i didn't know there were, i was stupid or naive but i didn't know there was like a scene attached yeah so just like wow these two cool bands it sounded nothing like anything else ever and i remember like i stayed until midnight in fifth grade or fourth grade one time because i'm like well this is when mtv probably plays this stuff you know so i mean i just had a <laughs> whole world with it yeah and, and then you know then i started playing drums and i just became a total drum geek like zildjian t-shirt you know and uh and so that kind of took me off the punk rock path of it and then then when I was in 10th grade, I met a guy, he, he had like a, there's like this local jazz fest and he was wearing a t-shirt for it. I was like, Hey, do you want to jam? He was like a hardcore kid. And he explained okay. the 10th grade was like my real, you know, the, real the actual grade. entry point for yeah, you. Like I started going to shows then and stuff. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming like you, like everybody else in our generation, you went through Nirvana, REM, Dinosaur <laughs> Jr., hated nirvana and i have not come to terms with it yet everybody that i knew that hated nirvana at the time because it was like you're already into hardcore you didn't like it right because you already yeah. had in my opinion this is gonna sound so shitty but like in my opinion we, we already had like a real version of this we don't need like a and i didn't realize those were actual like punk guys at the time so i you know sure I, I, yeah i was formed here but like it just didn't sound like stuff i already knew about and i was yeah. really edge and all that so yeah, I I get that. Like I I remember like once I got into punk and hardcore like like really steeped in it. Like I felt I was I was definitely hiding my love of REM. And yeah. like Oasis was really hot and I'm like these are yeah. such good fucking records, but I don't want to tell anybody how good I think they are. Yeah, here people like you know how you know how the Smiths and Morrissey always got a pass regardless. Yeah. Like it's always you know, maybe not now, but you know, <laughs> yeah, certainly not Morrissey. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So I feel like uh, anything English got got a similar like. Oh, it's fine. Like, like I always listen to the Sundays. Yeah, Oasis was always cool with people I knew and stuff. I, you know, yeah. here at least in Virginia, maybe it was a little yeah, more, a little more open to that kind of thing. But so who who were uh, who were the first hardcore shows you were going to? I, I saw Groundwork. You know, the Arizona band? Yeah. I saw them with, um, I don't remember who they were talking about, but that was like my official first hardcore show. Okay. And I bought the seven inch and stuff. Yeah. It's crazy that you start at seven seconds, though. Yeah. Well, you know, I I heard um, 
was listening to your your podcast with Norm and how like all this yeah. stuff. You know, it could be like a grindcore band or like an emo band. Everybody's friends. And everybody plays shows together. It's, yep. it's not as crazy, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, I still like all that. Like, I, because I was a drum geek, I always got put in like more technical kind of grindcore type band, band here and there. But all I want to do is play melodic hardcore. So it's like, you know, I mean, you know, you can, I don't know where I'm going with that. But like, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I, I, every, like, Every band I've been in since this one band in my early 20s, I've always wanted to revert back to like, I just want to sound like Sam I Am and Texas is the reason. That's all I've ever, <laughs> that's all I've ever wanted to do. You know, you know what I mean. You get it. Like Lifetime, like background era. Yes. There. And that, that, that was the record for me, though, that really like, okay, I'm way into this stuff. Like, yes. It was kind of current, you know. Yep. They had gone like more punk yet. Like, that was, that was, if I had to put in one record, it was probably. Either that or like the falling forward stuff. Like I heard that and it was just like blown away. You know, falling forward is, is a pretty pin, uh, uh, poignant piece, and, and Lifetime is like uh, Lifetime is one of my favorite bands that's ever existed. Like I still, I listen to you know, like I still listen to the records all the time. They're they're just yeah. one of those bands that like it, it never ages. It's still good. It still sounds vital. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that's gonna age, but it's it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's still cool to us. <laughs> um. So, so what was happening in Virginia? Like, what, what's the scene like in at this point in time? Then you could start off the scene. Yeah, right? because you've got that, and then you have it. You're a different generation, yeah. right? So yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> so here it was. Um, a few bands were kind of doing the kind of melodic thing. So we're we're close to Richmond. Richmond is the yeah. scene that all the attention, right? Yeah, like yeah, a veil and everything, but um. Yeah. Back then, I don't know if you ever heard of a scans, but they were no band, and like grip was turned into day spring and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. here there were there were a few bands that were like kind of doing more melodic stuff. And uh like Nate that went on to converge and you know, all those bands, like yeah. He was he went to my high school, so um he was in one of these bands and I loved them. Like I had the demo tape, but they were like they were called Lift and they were like way melodic, kind of um verbal assault type. Yep. You know, like from that kind of thing a little bit. Yeah. With like a little bit, a teeny bit of like maybe a hip hop edge that they wouldn't want to admit to now, but you know, like the, the <laughs> that's because it was like 1992, 93. Yeah. You know. But, um, you know, that, and then I don't know what exactly happened, but then everybody went, um, they, they, that band broke up and then they started Channel and Channel was like heavy here. I don't mm-hmm. know if you broke but they were, they were heavy. And then everybody was, I feel like every band was heavy from that point. And maybe I'm remembering this falsely, but that was like what everybody wanted to play. So I went, I'm in a heavy band with some friends and, you know, yeah. And, um, and you know, then just a series of heavy bands for me until, uh, all my friends started getting like, like a bandmate from my band joined Jesuit with Nate. And then he got in Dillinger escape plan after that. So, yeah. you know, it's like, it was like, we were kind of, almost getting poached kind of thing, you know, which myself, I'm not, I'm not planning, but, but you know, that's, that's where I left off with the Virginia scene because I was going to move to Massachusetts and do that and all this stuff. And right. Yes. Cause you, you ended up, uh, I mean, like you said, you ended up being poached and you, you played in converge, right? Really, really the wrong term. Like Nate, (laughs) Nate called me. He sounded like really pissed off. Like, I don't know, I I think they're at the hospital or something. Something was going horribly wrong. And he's like, hey, I want you to come play with us. Like, <laughs> February. And so, like, February 99, I drove up there. And 
I played within that year. Okay. So, could, yeah. could could you, in 1999, could you have sensed it? Could they sense, like, oh, shit, there's really something here, man. We're, like... It was weird because we played big shows, you know? Yeah. Oh, at the time, from, from, from my level, they felt like big shows. Yeah. And then I was on, I was with them for the Europe tour the first time they ever went over there. And yeah. um, some, you no, know, it was like they were, they were doing the work at that point. It was a lot of people in Europe hadn't heard of them. So it was a lot of like getting it out there. I and mean, everybody had a good time at the show, but there were, it seemed like in some, like I think we played in like Switzerland and like four people came kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, it was so weird back then and nothing like it is now, but, but I always say, um, they got good after I left. Right. Because that's when Jane Doe happened. Like one of the songs yeah. on the show, we are, I'm on like a demo version when Kirk first wrote the riff, but that's, but it just sounded like a hardcore song at the time. Like, so they, they just had a total change for the better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Frank, what about you? I mean, it, because you're coming in a few years after him. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I start. I went to a couple shows around the time, um, you know, like ninety nine, two thousand. Jesus, I called you Frank. I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, we're <laughs> Where did I get Frank from? Frank. I mean, Frank Bella from Anthony. I'll, I'll take Frank. Here it's all good. Did any? Did we call anybody Frank? Did we say Frank? No, I don't think. Where that. the fuck did I get that from? God, I'm having a stroke. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Frank Keith, same thing. Keith, not Frank. Keith, where does it start for you? Sorry, I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you're fine, man. Um, I, I started. I went to a few shows in uh, around '99, 2000. But I was, you know, it was, it was one of those things. Like my mom was all weird about that, so I had to, like, you know, for, you know, I had to do all this work just to go to it. So. <laughs> okay, but then finally, like um, around 2001, I, I started going more. And there's um, the local dude, uh, Matt Dower. Like, I know he was doing stuff before that, but, yeah. like, I used to get this email oh, list, yeah. and, like, it, it, yeah, I used to come to my Hotmail email, because it was the only email I had, and it had yeah. all the shows. I remember, like, Botch would play, uh, Bane would come all the time, yeah. Time Flies, like, yep. Convert, you know, so I was, like, you know, and there was a place called Kogan's, and, um, I, you know, going there was cool, you know, but I was, like, I was super shy and young, so I was, like, you know, I wasn't yeah. like, that, but. Um, then I started actually like meeting people and I started in like in 2003 was like when I got like one of my first, like, I don't want to say serious, but like we actually played shows. So it was serious enough um, right? together. Um, and at that point it was start, it was, I noticed it was starting to that, um, the, the metalcore thing was starting to like, really like, yes. And, and most of it was really bad. Like, I know, cause there was a lot of it before, like, you know, cave and stuff like that. And like, you know, I mean, even, you know, just a lot of the, the, the Massachusetts area stuff, but, uh, the bands around here, it got, it was, we, we played with a lot of weird bands, you know, like, <laughs> bands and like not, and I didn't, well, I didn't want to say they were really any good. But um, I kind of stopped playing for a few years after that. But I was still going to some shows. Okay. So, and then in it was it wasn't until like 2009 2010 when I started my other band that I'm currently in, Valuable. That, okay. You know, and there was you know, and a lot of the you know bands that are big now, like Title Fight and yep. things of that nature, they were playing these small shows, you mm-hmm. know, places around here, and like a lot of people were booking stuff. So yeah. it was kind of cool. And like, I, I, I started being able to play 
some shows with um you know some of these bands at you know skate park and all that stuff right our bass player ryan was is i guess there's still a band there's a band called averman and they they played a lot of those shows as well and they're okay and so it's and just seeing the shift you know from 2000 2001 to like that you know it's 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 interesting and i know john's definitely seen it too you know just I mean, I can't even keep up anymore. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It is. It is hard to keep up. I mean, I feel like I'm discovering bands like like Shook ones. Love that band. I discovered them super late, and that's fine. Like, I mean, it's it's I I definitely like missed the boat on a lot of bands, but mm-hmm. you know, then I find out about them. I'm like, cool. Like, sh- yeah, like bands like Shook ones. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they actually have a, a song called Virginia Beach Band, and he played, which I think is about this area. But yeah, and it's weird because we have a high degree of vanity tags in our area. We do. You know, it's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. What, are you serious? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's like more affordable here than in most states or what, but. Okay. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. Is it like, is it just the, is it the beach culture thing? Like, like, I feel like. Any 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 place that's like has a beach culture to it, I feel like I, I've encountered. I remember being a kid. We went to Duck, North Carolina for a vacation one summer, and I feel like everybody had on some sort of like Ron John surf shit, or yeah. they had vanity plates. Yeah, and that's Virginia Beach in the music scene. Like, you know, it's bands like Pennywise. Um, like less all that stuff like it still kills down there like there's this dude who books stuff he'll book like he booked like three nights of pennywise sold out every night you know and, and that's the beach it, it's the beach it's yeah. the beach and, man <laughs> and the bands that come out of there it's like um it's weird because it's like some there's some bands that have been playing for years sure but they released an album in like 2001 and they still play you know <laughs> and it's like it's much older dudes and they'll yeah. get yeah. together like yeah, they love backyard jam and stuff like that, and like that's cool. And it just seems like you know, I I, I got friends in San Diego, and it seems like that's kind of the same thing it over there. Yeah. Like, and they're just playing, you know, they're playing the fat rec beat, you know, just like the, you know, just doing all that. And like, it's cool. I'm not knocking it, but it's like it's funny how that, like, as it doesn't matter where, as long as there's a beach. Like, yeah. there's some sort it's, of like the, the double kick, like that's gonna be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just makes people like go nuts. And band, that's why, like, we get a lot of bands like that that come through the area, you know, because they, you know, they do great. You know, it's like good, like, I, I love Good Riddance, and they're coming here. Yeah, they fucking rule. They played Baltimore and they played, it was with uh, Iron Cheek and Off of Their Heads. So off their heads played first. Iron Sheik played. Pretty much everybody left when Good Riddance got on. Oh, wow. Because it's not. It wasn't like a. It's not. A, I was like, you know, and it was weird because I was like, okay, but I, at the time, like Iron Sheik was like the hot shit. Which, yeah. You know. That, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but is it's it like? Do you think it was an age thing? Do you think it was? I mean, Good Riddance has been around forever. So do you think yeah. it's like? Iron Sheik and Off of Their Heads are far more current bands. I think that's what it was. Because yeah. I was like, 
I like all three of those bands, mm-hmm. but I, I noticed there's a lot of kids and people are going ape shit during Iron Sheik. Yeah. So it's, you know, and I, I, I've seen that a couple, you know, a couple times, like, you know, shit, like where there's the, the opener, you know, it sounds like a hard times article. Like, you know, like, the, you know, people come for the openers and then they leave for the, you know, headliners. <laughs> Cause I mean, it happens, it you know, happens. and it's, it's interesting, but yeah, it's, uh, I think just because it was Baltimore, you know, it's yeah, yeah, a lot of, I feel like it's a younger stuff, a younger crowd, maybe but it's, I, it's the beach. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And, and Baltimore, Baltimore is definitely its own, it's oh, yeah. its own planet there. Like I, like, I, like I always refer, I, I always circle back to this, but like, it's the town, like it's the, it's where John Waters came from. Like that, that weird youth culture has been baked into Baltimore for all of time. So, you know, I mean, I, like, I, I talked to, I talked to Ryan Shelkett from cross my heart about that and, you know, hearing him, you know, reminisce about that, you know, the scene when they were around, it seems like it's a, it was a pretty surreal place to be in, uh, being in a band at, at that point, because it wasn't, Baltimore wasn't one of the pockets in the ni- late nineties, early two thousands thing. That's not a place yeah. you thought of. Yeah. Like, and I, yeah. Like, I'm to think, I don't think I've ever played or been to a show there. You know, it was always sure. like, yeah. or yeah, that, that's, that's wild. Yeah. Like there's, I, I always think of like, like you think of Massachusetts. That's one of the first places I think of from that era because every band was coming out of there and yeah. And yes, and Baltimore was not a place, but like you'd also mentioned too, like with Richmond, like Richmond and Avail, like that's kind of goes hand in hand. That's, that was where in Virginia, I feel like that's probably where people were looking to when it came to punk and hardcore. Virginia makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so (laughs) no, you're good. Um, so where, where do you guys end up? <laughs> That's my daughter. Um, how do you guys all end up in a room together writing music? Because you all, like, like, it seems like you're all coming from a little bit different spots here. Yeah, so um, a friend, we have a mutual friend. It was through Ryan, right? Ryan, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Ryan, this guy texted me saying, hey, do you want to do a band? And I, I was like, aching to do a hardcore band because it had been years by this point. I mean, like years and years since I played that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I said, yes, uh, we jammed and we, I think we tried three, two or three different versions where it was always, Ryan was always there and Keith was always there. Okay. And we had a, a lot of the same people for a bit, but then everybody started kind of quitting here and there. So it left, it was just me and Keith at the, at the last point of it. And then we just kind of started this, like, you know, you got Ryan in. And yeah. then, and then, cause he knew Ryan from the other bands that they were in. And then, sure. and then, uh, I didn't know Matt, I didn't know Matt or Ryan actually, but yeah, we, it, we basically, it, it basically started from the ashes of that. Yeah. You okay. know, it was John left and I was talking to Ryan and I was like, Hey, you know, how about we bring back bad Korea? That was the idea. You know, oh, okay. Sure. It, and we realized, yeah, we don't really want to bring that. Cause we had a drummer, uh, like Bad Korea was a band for about three or four years, and then things got weird. Country got weird. <laughs> didn't agree on a lot of things as people. Um, so, so band ended. That is the nicest way I've ever heard anybody. Yeah. Wait, wait. Are you, are you saying 
with the political climate changing that caused the vibe in the band? It literally was like, I, okay. Yeah. There was, he was, he supported that fucking asshole. Oh, and when, at first I was like, okay, you know, cause it was the, you know, this was pre-election and like, okay. I was, okay. was going to be like, okay, I'm going to like, when he loses, I'm just going to be like, ah, you fucking <laughs> idiot. Shit like yep. that. Yep. You know, yep. they won. And I was like, I, I was like, we can't do this anymore because he's not, for one, he's not going to like what I have to say. Right. I know it. Cause he's, yeah. And, but two, then I started to realize, Oh wait, like, yeah, like this should not have like knowing that shouldn't like this should have ended a long time ago with on that realm because you know the support you know supporting him means you support all these other shitty things. Absolutely, so, yeah, I was like, that's not cool. So that came to end. Like we played like one last show for like you know just to do it. Like, yeah, and, yeah. You know, that, um, but then you know the whole Bad Korea idea, you know, part two. You know, we, well, we thought I about. I learned it. like one song, right? You learned one song, yeah. and then like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I hate playing other people's stuff. I never told you this, but I, I mean, I mean, a cover song. You know, like we're going to do a Lifetime cover, and that's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's fun because it's fun playing Lifetime, right? Yeah, yeah. Get someone's stuff, and then having to figure out where can I kind of insert my own style here, and where do I have to like note for note play what they play? It just, I just, if I don't, I mean, I'll do it, but it's not my favorite thing. So yeah. the band was. It's fun at that point for me, you know, and then, and then we started, I guess we started writing stuff and then from writing stuff, I think it seemed like this isn't like the old stuff. So we just kind of went with a new direction from there. Yeah. Like us three, me, Ryan and John for uh, about three or four months. Cause, and this yeah. was pandemic, you know, yeah. pandemic just kicked off. Yes. So yeah. we're like, you know, yeah, we just practice with masks on like every week, which is the hardest thing to do is to play drums in a mask, like play hardcore in a mask, you know? <laughs> so, is, yeah. So the, so how does that, how does the sound evolve? Because you do both have, I mean, as similar as the backgrounds are, there's obviously like you everybody's pulling in a different influence. So was it a conscious effort of like, these are the types of songs we should try and write or, this is just what's coming out is that's where you were at at that point. And that's how the songs came to be. It was a mix of both. Um, like I, and I know like John definitely like influenced a lot of stuff because he would send a lot of, <laughs> you know, a lot of bands that, you know, we, we haven't heard. Yeah. And just influence and like, and like Which getting I ideas. Going because I started feeling so old and obsolete. Like, no, I'm not, I'm I, not man. In my bands anymore. <laughs> it's okay, man. Like yeah. there, there's there was some good stuff in there. But then like, a lot of you, when you wrote that, I forget the name of it. It's, it's a song we still play, but the Dag Nasty riff, right? Oh, okay. okay. The yeah. beginning. When yeah. you wrote that riff, I was like, okay, this is excellent. You know, like this is exactly. And if you actually like, if you if you care, if you if you scroll way down on our Instagram, you'll see like the, the for like the original versions of when we were. Everything, everything we recorded on Instagram. There's only like two or three videos of us playing, like in a practice space. But yeah, all songs that became real songs, you know. Okay, you see it that way a little bit. Which I, I did that the other day. That's how I, that's how I know that. But it was kind of neat hearing like the prehistoric versions of it, you know, versus versus now. But yeah, yeah we just kind of we just kind of you know we, I know we wanted we both wanted to play fast. Okay, all fast, and I, you know I'm a, I'm a sucker for like melodic riffs, and that, that, those were really. And it's like, you know how there's that fine line between pop punk and melodic hardcore? It, it really yes. comes down to the vocals, right? And like, yeah. we were about before. Yeah. So it's like, 
I, in my opinion, like as long as the vocally we kind of are a teeny bit more on the hardcore side than the pop punk side, yes. then I, I am, you know, as a 90s hardcore person who, you know, I only like Game Face and Good Riddance because those are like the two pop punk bands you're allowed to like, right? <laughs> you know, so so where I'm coming from, that that's perfect, you know? Yeah, yeah. Checks on all boxes. And it was, you know, the, the, the songwriting itself, I with other bands that I've been in, I always feel like I'm like, I'm not saying I'm trying to rip off other bands, but I'm like, I'll hear, I'll be like, I want to write a song that sounds like this. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like a song. And, like, and then try to come up with this. It was more like, it was some of that, but it was more like, hey, we got a riff. Let's right. turn it into something. Yes. It was, it, it became a little somewhat difficult because there's a lot of like, in the riff ball that we have, it's like, I mean, we got it. I got a ton of stuff. You know, and like, so, and our other guitar player, Matt, and Matt, I, I forgot to say this, Matt came along uh, around July of last year. Okay. Uh, Ryan, our, and I knew him through, um, he almost played with another band I was in, but, uh, and he like kind of fill in leads, whatnot, and he's got a, he's got a punk rock background. He's also has a ska background, which is. Oh, okay. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> No, well, but so it, it's, it's. I actually love it because one day, like, I was trying to talk. Matt and I have the least overlap with what we listen to, I would say. But okay. Um, but then, you know, I I was like taking a work break. You know, I was walking around my neighborhood one day, and um, I had my headphones in, and I was listening. You know, we had, our recording was like brand new, so I'm listening to it, and everything Matt plays, it's like the perfect part, in my opinion, right? Okay. So then, then I think if he if we didn't have if we were coming from the same place, what if he didn't play like this? Yeah. You know what I mean? What formula that got him to where he's playing? I, I yeah. don't care. I don't care if he's like a Nickelback Creed guy. If he's right. playing the stuff he's playing on a record, he, I mean, he does such a good job and live, you know, he's like, he does such a good job. And it's like, I just love the parts that come out of him at all time. And not to say that I don't love your parts as well, but no, you know, no. it's like, I love that we don't really have as much overlap. And, sure. and it just works so well, you know, like he always plays the part that, I, that my ears seem to want to hear. So it's, it, really it, cool. I mean, at the end of the day, too, as we get, I mean, it's one of the things when you get into punk and hardcore, you get so it get you can become insulated in it because it we music fans obsess over these things, especially when you get into something like that. And when something like that comes from the outside in, the older you get, the more you realize like a good riff is a good fucking riff. Like it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter where it came from. If that riff is good, it's undeniable at, at a certain yeah, point. Sure. And um, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's like some outsider, like you know. He, yeah, he, yeah. On background stuff, nothing like that. But just you know, I, I just I love the parts he does, and I love I love that it didn't come from like a typical like you know he he like isn't interested in like what I'm saying, you know. And I love yeah, you know, just like spreads his beautiful wings and just <laughs> cool thing happens. Yeah, and I, I think everyone brings their own. <clears throat> you know, piece of to to the band, which is cool. It's like, you know, I always felt there was a lot of times where it was like, I, you know, I write the song. You know, yeah. like I have to like, you know, we formulate, and then like, I'm not saying I tell people what to do, but it's I'm also telling people what to do. So it's like <laughs> this. It's kind of like it, it's cool to let you know, like Matt, like Matt has written riffs the past couple of weeks you know just bunch of stuff and we you know and I, i've had I've been, i'm currently in like writer's block like worst case like i've had in years so it's like trying to you know just draw inspiration for something but it's cool yeah. to have that 
because it's not a lot of pressure on me to like have to like you know you know come up with these like you know these fucking sick riffs you know and just like <laughs> have you know something and, and, and it 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 brings more dynamic to the band because we could do you know we could have you know like on our uh, on our seven or on our band camp we got one song that i wrote that's like straight up hardcore yeah and then you know then uh could you do any less is like i mean there's that there's that little emo part in the middle yeah, that, yeah. that's my favorite you know it's just i mean you know there's there's a lot to it so that i think that's what's that's what i love about it we're not the you know the band that writes the same song 10 song you know the same song for 10 out for right, 10 yeah. albums in a row right yeah you know, and it's so and I, I appreciate that a lot. And I also speaking of that song, that uh, could you do any less? That track is fucking excellent, by the way. Thanks. Thanks. Like I, you know, we having like the account where I can see the uh, band camp metrics. Yes, the first all the plays, which well, is fine because it it's a cool it song. Yeah, but, it is. Know, yep, that one is my favorite. Absolutely, like I love playing that drum part. You know, like the d- 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 part. Like I love, I love it. Like I think about it like every day, you know. Like, yes. It, it's like one of my proudest moments playing that song, I think. So drum is Isn't that the best though? When you can hear something you did that you were a part of and you still like it and go like, fuck, that does sound good. I am embarrassed to like most I've recorded, you know, I've been playing drums since I was 10. I'm 44. So I've recorded a bit, right? Mm-hmm. This is the only thing I've recorded that I just I still i just listen to it a lot and i'm not there's no parts i'm bummed on yep there's no part it's like oh i should have done that you should have gone back and done this different you know which has always been the case like like the converge split i hate listening to that it, it just it makes me as nervous as i was sitting in you know god city studios in 1999 trying to play it then it was like my first time playing with click track you know what i mean it was just yeah it was just so frightening you know and the stakes seemed so high all of a sudden but this is just like i just love i, I listen to it I mean, it's embarrassing how much I listen to my own music, <laughs> probably, you know? Is uh, it, do you think that comes with, comes with maturity and having done it for so long that you can actually like. For, as a drummer, if, if that's, if you mean on that side of it, absolutely. Like, you know, I mean, I keep practicing, so I'm bound to get a little better at least. Yeah. And, you know, I got comfortable playing to a click versus thinking like, oh, I'm not good enough to play to a click. I should quit, you know, which is kind right. of back in 99 so yeah (laughs) you know and it's like now i definitely know i feel like i know the parts i want to hear i'm not i'm not saying i'm not experimenting but it's like i know what's going to work here you know right right there's maybe some of the hurt our stuff is like no you don't you know like you absolutely botched that record so maybe maybe i'm wrong (laughs) i feel like i I know what i want to do at least and you know keith keith for you because you've been in a band since what like uh, uh You've been with another band for since like oh nine ten is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. How is how is this with having spent all that time? Is this a new outlet for you? Does this feel like a a fresh part of your brain unlocking? Um, it is definitely a new outlet. Um, am I happy with my performance? Probably. You know, that's just me. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, but yeah I I do love it though. I, I'm just. Is I'm just I'm my worst mass tracks so much. No, it's my worst critic. Like there's like I'll listen yeah. back. Like I'm I'm sometimes opposite. I guess I got a few more years to go before I feel that. <laughs> like I'm listening to like some of the stuff I recorded before and I'm like, wow, I did that. You know, it's like okay. But there's but there's there's also stuff like I'm very proud of what we did with Mean Jesus. 
like I was telling um, John, I was telling the whole band, like, you know, I wanted to make sure we went in there and, you know, not record and be like, eh, it's good enough. You know, right. I want it to be, everyone's happy with it. And like, I was, I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, it's like, yeah. Sure, and everybody like does this. Like, I'm sure there's big bands that will listen back to what they record and been like, Oh, we could have, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you can't, you, you're going to, you're going to drive yourself crazy if you do that. Right. But so this, like, I, like when we listened, when we got the, um, the, like the first like mix back from the studio, like we were all like stoked on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and then like it got mastered, and we're like, "Holy shit, this is really fun!" Yeah, every good. email or every time I sent the link, it was so exciting. You know, yeah, to hear the new improvements and stuff. So, and I, I'm very proud of that. You know, so it's like, but you know, and then you kind of always like you, you don't. I don't take that as like, oh, I could have did this better. Like, that, I mean, I do think that, but I also think for the next, you know, as we progress, you yeah. know, let's look back at like, oh, so you know, we you know, say we missed out on a double opportunity or like a background vocal or like, you know, some type of thing here, right? Like, a new song record, you know, just, Oh, let's put it here. You know, let's, sure. let's put, let, let's remember to do that. You know? So it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity to kind of like grow and like, you know, just, you know, I, but I'm, I'm happy with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with the way things are turning out with this band. Are you writing from a different perspective than, uh yeah in, in a sense like invaluable was very like that's my other band that, yeah but we, we're not we're not like super active but we I mean, we actually do have a show next week but you know it's like <laughs> our first show in two years okay but, oh okay um, all right okay. that's a very that was a very personal like writing you know everything all every song on there was like super like you know just like stuff happening in my life and things of that right. nature back korea was like just it, it wasn't it wasn't very personal it was a lot of like i don't know things happening in the scene you know just like somewhat political stuff you know because so, yeah. i wanted that you know i was like i don't want to sit there and whine about stuff and me and jesus kind of is a mix of the okay both because there's a you know like there's a couple songs that are very personal but there's also like you know just very topical things going on and like i don't really i don't really say i like draw like specifically from certain areas is what i'm feeling yep you know yeah. so, but it's definitely it's definitely new and i like that there's no like limitations on that you know like john hasn't been like man he whined too much this song no, you know so it's like and i think that's cool because I, i'm not like limiting myself to just like writing songs about how much you know i fucking you know, someone sucks or, you know, right. Right. The world sucks or whatnot. It's hard. It's hard to not like, this is the weirdest fucking time in my lifetime. Like I I can't think of another point in history in my life that has been as weird as this. So it, it, people, especially COVID like, yeah, you know, just their experience and everything like that. I have yet to write a COVID song. Like I'm still like, you know, I'm like, I, cause I don't know how to, cause it's, we're still in the fucking middle of it. And like, yeah. Know, yeah. What, what are you going to write that won't automatically be outdated? You know, yeah. like this yeah. shit is still going on. I think saying it would be outdated is optimistic because I thought we were, you know what I mean? We were yeah. like two weeks and it was awesome. And then oh, here we are again. Yeah. So, 
Well, it's the same thing too with like comedians. Like I kept hearing and seeing comedians on Twitter be like, don't write a fucking COVID joke. Don't do 10 minutes on COVID. And, and yeah. we're already seeing, you know, I mean, there's already like, there's indie horror films that are and like low budget oh, films that are already coming out that are COVID driven. Like, and that's the thing, like that's that sort of carny aspect of that is like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta make this like, don't <laughs> don't yeah. do that. Like the last fucking thing anybody needs to talk about is that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a little like law and order, Soon. like ripped from the headlines. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, is with with the different backgrounds that you guys all come from. Like, it sounds like this sound was pretty organic. But were there when you're recording? Did you have any? Were there any marking points of like these five records are a good example? that if I, if we were going to present something to an engineer and be like, this is kind of the feel we're going for, was there anything you guys had in mind or was this another organic thing of like, we're in here and we're recording these songs we're familiar with. This is how the sound is evolving in the production. I'm trying to think of like, okay. I forgot Greeno's studio name. Studio two three nine B. I know his numbers. Shout out to Jordan Green. Yeah, absolutely. But so it was cool because um, another guy I know he plays drums. We can we can talk about them later. But um, he was you know I I got went to this studio through some friends and um, it's like a venue and and recording space. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, I I had my you know being a drummer it's like you want you want things to go your way, but then you talk to an engineer and he's like, Oh no, you have to have this. You have to have this kind of, you know, you have to pillow in your base drum, you know, a hundred things. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything I said, he's like, yeah, we can try it out. That's cool. And it was just like, it was like this huge drum sander. I never thought you could do on a hardcore record because everything has to be so tight usually. And he just made it happen. I thought it sounded good. You know? So yeah. it, was, it was really nice. Like it was a really liberating thing because it's, it was the opposite of my usual opinionated engineer, you know, my way or the highway kind of attitude. So, right. And I feel like that probably didn't even answer your question. All the way. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. So, and like we, we talked about, you know, we just, just as far as like what albums, you know, we like that sound good, you know, that have like, yeah, you know, the best yeah. And like I, I always love the way the drums sound from anything from the blasting room. You know, okay. and that's just personally. And like, it, it's, although they all sound the same, they sound really good, you know, and they, they and they're not, you know, it, it, it just depends. I felt like that would have worked a little bit. So we, we suggested like things, you know, stuff that Bill Stevenson has done. And yeah. I know Jordan like loves him. So it's kind of like, but, um, and then just kind of uh, really, he knew what, how to make us like what, what we're going, cause he knew he has a background in part. It's not like we went and recorded with, you know, a jazz guy, you know, and expected right. him to sound yeah. great. <laughs> so, and he grew up, he's got a similar like punk rock background. So he knows like what works and whatnot. And he gave us a lot and he, he put a lot of his own input into it, you know, and just like how he like, you know, you know, we, we, we recorded and then we, he kind of, when he mixed and mastered, he was like, okay, you know, he did this. And we got like three or four mixes before we were like, and cool. When you were in there recording vocals, he was like, 
quietly singing like his own vocal part over it. Right. And then later I heard that on the record. So I feel like he might've even like really helped out. With, like could, not, I'm not saying hit there were his vocals, but some of, some of the patterns. Oh yeah. He definitely helped. Yeah. yeah he definitely yeah, helped he, with that. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah, you know, he, cause like, I feel like vocally, like that's like my week. I, I've been a guitar player and like vocally. Oh, like, it's always, okay. I, I, I've done it, you know, for these past two bands, you know, but it's like, it's, it's always like, confidence thing really but uh plus i have to like play and sing at the same time so that's like tough <laughs> so i have to think about that yeah but you know he was very like you know we he he worked he wasn't just there to hit record yeah you okay know, he yep. his input. he um you know like i think the first time we recorded the guitars and like he like or we were testing tones and he was like he basically he told me it sounded like shit but didn't tell but not <laughs> he said it sounded like it sounds kind of like metallica and i was but like looking at me puzzled which is like an insult which is like a compliment to you right like it's oh, depending cool, on whatever metallica you're talking <laughs> yeah. about here but but we, we, we i mean and then we made it work you know it's like and it was cool like i would we didn't really like you know to answer your question about the five albums and stuff like that like we didn't really like go in there with like we had an idea but not like okay you know, we were we want to sound like this 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 and this you know yeah which, you know, I, I understand that. That's I've done that before. Yeah, I mean, always. It didn't happen. Know, I feel like it didn't happen at all this time. And, and yeah. usually, usually it does. But yeah, that's, that's cool. I didn't even think. I, I forgot that was even a thing until you asked it. You know. Like, yeah, I, I I think, and the reason I ask that is is uh, I feel like that is something that doesn't necessarily always get acknowledged. Like a band is going to go in there with a preconceived notion, whether deliberate or not, of like there were some albums that they heard that they were like, Oh man, I got to That's fucking good. I got to catalog that. And I, like, I, I, I don't think it ever gets brought up that often that like th- that has to be happening a lot that guys yeah. are going in. Like these records really like helped us figure some things out. These would probably be some good reference points to discuss with an engineer. I did have a reference point. I remember now. Um, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. So Slayer, Seasons in the Abyss, right? Yep. The drums is good on that. But there's actually, I don't, have you ever heard that? It's on YouTube. It's like a different mix version. It's the song no. season. But they have like the flute in it and stuff. No, um, never heard yeah, that. Just Google like Seasons of the Abyss flute and it'll, it'll be the right version. Okay. But it's like a way, the drums are even more reverby than on the normal record. And you can hear everything and they sound amazing. So I think I did send... I, I at least sent you that, but I think I sent him that too, saying like, if you can make the drums sound closer to this, then because that wasn't then uh, what's his name, uh, not Ross Robertson. What's his name? Oh, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. Did he... Yeah, I don't. I don't think that was his. That's like, pre-Rubin, isn't it? I thought the Rubin no, yeah. was. Is that post-Rubin? Yeah, because he. This was still in the nineties, so yeah, okay. It was really yeah, after recording, so but he, I that dry because I, I always know yes. him for. The, like you know yeah not yeah. not like no, the drums were so loud and clear which they they already kind of are but it, it, it kind of seemed like this came out and then the guitarists were like no you can't hear us enough so right that so. that's a like and that's an interesting like you'd mentioned like the the dryness of a a rick rubin sound like if you like i think of that weird era of american recordings of like those are like dancing black crows uh <laughs> Uh, who the fuck else? Who else was in there? Um, Trouble, 
uh slayer still in there like all of this weird stuff was happening bark market wasn't that didn't he record them uh, i think yeah. i know he did the first i think he did the first system of down but that might have been a little later but yeah I, I, it, it, it hear that dryness on that album yeah that. and then for you to mention like the drums and seasons of the abyss like that ha- that are like i don't know how to explain it because i'm not a drummer but like there's this big echoey i don't feel like reverb's a strong enough word i don't know there, there's something it's, it's it's like a like a wood room type sound yeah 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 everything every note of every drama on that record is like my favorite slayer performance by far you know yeah yeah so there sounds insane <laughs> yes yeah sounds, it's perfect do um, w- with the new stuff that you guys have coming out, is there in comparison to the previous release, how does this new stuff feel? It's going to be the new turnstile record. <laughs> 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 Big hit in this house, I should say. Like, that, I, it's a great. Yeah, yeah. Turnstile so has, has, pour, has spilled over into my eight year old daughter. So, like, they're. Yeah, yeah. I, I finally gave it a listen because I, I had such mixed feelings about the nonstop feeling stuff. Like, I kind of, I genuinely loved part of it, but then I didn't like it. And then, yeah, you know, but wait, sorry, back on track. No, <laughs> no, I love that record. It's fine. We can talk about that too. <laughs> it's good. We have, we have a song on the seven inch that, you know, three of the songs that are on Bandcamp are going on the seven, but we, we did do another one after we recorded those. Okay. And then, that one's just gonna. That one's gonna be on a seven inch as well, and it's like I love it. I mean, it's it's, it's very painted black sounding. Nice. So yeah, and it's got a lot of. Dan- it, I drew a lot of yeah, Danny yeah, yeah. influences. Probably, huh. I guess. Yeah, so, I can hear that. But it's we're, we're you could definitely and with the the new songs we have right now, like Matt definitely brings more of the 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 catchier in a sense. Yeah. You know, okay, like, more like the hook stuff, the big hook stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. he writes a lot. Of, like, and I, I think that's just with his background. Like, it's, I don't want to go for, as far as like it is pop punk, but it's not like the pop punk like that people think of. Like, yes, now. yeah, it's got that vibe too. And it's like like the the, the he's got one song. It's like, called the summer song because it's but it's not feel not, good not not Satriani's summer. Not Satriani. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> um. Is is there are, are are you guys looking like is full length something that you're looking? Is that where your heads are? The plan. We're kind of just trying to write, you know, and like it, it's cool because you know we wanted to have enough songs for a full length, but we're not really we don't even have a seven inch out yet, so it's not like yeah crazy deadline, right? So yeah, yeah. The process, thankfully, it's pretty like um, not everything makes the cut, you know, and we 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 jammed on hundreds of things together and it's like we don't do them anymore because it just wasn't working and maybe a piece of that will come out later in another song but so yep. I feel like our standards are, are still pretty high or, or higher than ever really like so I think it'll be the right record when it happens I mean you know provided this isn't the case where the 7 inch comes out and all of a sudden there's crazy demand for an LP then I think you know I think we're good I and mean, we have we have a stack of songs now so yeah we're, we're just writing and kind of so you, right you're bank you're banking stuff. Yeah, we're that, yeah, that's that's that right now. Yeah, and like play shows when they come up, you know. Yeah. So that's another thing I want to ask about uh, playing live. Like, I mean, 
you guys kind of came to be and uh, uh, you know I, yeah. I a lot of bands came to be during this but like you guys are are carrying carrying through it so definitely uh played one <laughs> so <Yeah>. like, <laughs> you know and that was when you know everyone you know felt safe at a point you know because yeah. it was yeah. cause everyone's like oh like the numbers were down and everything and like Boy, we fucked yeah. that up, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, well, we did. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, <laughs> the country want to be crazy. Yeah, like we had a we had a house show that we were supposed to play last month, but you know it, it the numbers were skyrocketing. Yeah, so yeah. We canceled from that, and then they canceled the show, not because of us. But, yeah, you know, it they, just they, kind of as it went on. Yeah. yeah, but we're talking. There's another band that GGTs going to do going to work with from richmond called heavy is the head and yes we're gonna we're talking about we're talking to them about playing a few like a weekend maybe or something yeah like december we're probably going to do like yeah a, so you know, like and it it right now it's like kind of like like the the we got we just got put on that um uh reagan news show like um the venue we know is it's it's we tap houses they're 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 safe and we know that it's like i mean safe as they can be you know it's like this day and age you know like yeah they check who knows. vaccine cards and stuff but, gotcha. you know, yep yep we know the people there will be like you know someone and but we also we stay safe you know we you know masks will be on you know not when we play but you know like you know just <laughs> yep. and you know we just pick and choose you know like like a house show right now like just doesn't sound like something yeah to do. it just seems so. impossible to regulate in any capacity you know yeah and and truthfully it is like it, it, anything you would, it, at this point, anything we attend is a risk for sure. And, it, and it's weird because it's like you can, you know, like I can judge somebody in the news, like look at these guys, they're all like, you know, at a biker rally. But then it's like I can go to a show and it's like, oh no, that's fine. Like it, it's me, you know, like I, I do the same thing. Like yeah. I'm, 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 not gonna do it. I'm, you know, I'm motherfucking people for, for, you know, being selfish assholes. I'm t- I'm going to see Bob Mold next week. <laughs> Is he with the full band? Yeah, it's him and Narducci and and Worcester. Yep. Oh man, yeah, like that well, that summertime rock stuff when it came oh. out. KXP was playing the hell out of that song before the album came out. Yeah, that you know the bridge right towards the end. I do. I nine out of ten times I tear up listening, and I've heard the song a thousand times probably. Yep. Yep. So, everything. I mean, I like most stuff he's done, but so yeah. I'm I'm a I'm such a huge like I'm such a a Bob Mold like he's one of my you know pinnacle guys so and I'm taking my son he's never seen him so I get to take him to this and yeah. but to your point like you it's, know you it's, yeah it's Bob Mold what, what's gonna happen <laughs> right and like and the thing is like the the venue has announced like you know you have to pr- proof of vaccination or. Uh, you know, the negative testing and you have to be masked. I'm good with that. You know, I'm vaccinated. Sure. He's vaccinated. I still can't account for everybody else that shows up that night. Yeah. I mean, the numbers still say that we should be okay compared to unvaccinated people. Like Correct. If, if you catch it. So, I mean, right. Right. And know, you... I, I mean, I don't know how many times... I don't know, like, it, it's, like, because, yeah, I mean, like, with you guys, you have the show coming up, the, the Reagan Youth Show, and, you know, it's a venue that's taking the right precautions, but, like, it, you, and it, that we all selfishly want these things, and, yeah, sorry. 
and we wanted some tea. But did you want some? Yeah. You could. I said yes. Oh, sorry, sorry to ruin your. No. <laughs> oh my god! Do you know how many times my wife or children that have you yeah. know like because my. I like, you know, I broke the fourth <laughs> wall here or whatever. Right? <laughs> um, but th- there's, I think we're all like, I mean, we're all still working through how we even wrap our heads around this with yeah. art, with consuming art, with consuming anything at this point. Like what settings are safe? What are not like, I don't, is everything is just a fucking calculated risk. I, I guess that's the only way to see it. Yeah, just life, you know, in a nutshell, pretty much that, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We just have to watch her, you know, just, I don't know, like, it's a, it's a weird world right now. Like, especially like, like you said, with art, you know, music going to shows, Yeah, you know, there's festivals, like the fest is still happening. Uh, yeah. Fest is next week or yeah, week four and like yeah. huge things. And it's like, you know, you have to, like, they say, you know, vaccinated only, you check all this stuff, but like, I guess, you know, some of those festivals where it's like one area, you yeah. know, maybe you could keep some type of thing. Yeah. Like some of those ones where it's like just, you know, people are free to roam. You don't know what you're going to run into there. So it's right. Like, and like, I personally just think stuff like that, it's a little too early for for something of that magnitude. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's where where we have to make that decision or like you know that is you know i'm not sure there's certain concessions we have to make it you know depending on this depending on the situation but you know at the end of the day like i think it's encouraging that it it, i see it as a positive that that mean jesus came out of that out of this thing so i I never i've been wrestling with how to word this where it sounds you know i don't want to benefiting from it right when people are Yes. But I was thinking, like, we practiced for like a year straight yep. with, without even a show was like a, maybe one day we'll play a show. Kind right. Of. But there was nothing, nothing in mind. And it reminded me of when I was 15. And it's like, mm-hmm. and it was like, maybe if we're good enough, we'll get invited to play a show because we're a little kids. Exactly. Exactly. It felt like that where we could just get to work and like, you know, focus on like the product, if you will. Sure. Or like, let's just whip something together so we can go play shows as soon as possible, which, which, you, which might have been maybe closer to the mindset if you, you know, if that's yeah. what you're motivated to do, you know? So right. I, I think it worked in that aspect. I think it worked in our benefit. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think because you guys have handled it in a way that is uh, like, like you said, you were practicing for a year yeah. <laughs> without even thinking about being on a stage. With our practice space, we pay like 38 bucks a person every month. So when you miss a practice, it kind of feels like, Oh shit. You know, like, yes. Yeah. 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 Term investment kind of thing, you know. So we, I mean, we, right. we missed the practice for that time, and we just kind of, yeah, because you wanted to, and it, like John was saying, like the pressures of like when we have like our, when we had our first show, like the month before, it was like, all right, we got to, you know, so we, it was like a, a whole month we kind of like dedicated to this one show. Yeah, right. You know, we had right. To formulate a set list, practice, you know. Finally, get me learn, a, learn the song names. Learn the fucking song <laughs> names. Song, song one. Uh, which yeah. was song one? Yeah. Song eight. Yeah, we had to figure that. So, yeah, song eight is still that. So we had to figure shit out like that. But in like, so it's like, you know, and that's what, you know, any band I've been in, it's always been like, you, you like, you know, you feel like you're productive and all of a sudden you're in like show mode where you got yeah. like 
you're, you're just playing the same shit, you know? And, yeah. and you're like, you know, I, I know you are being productive, but at the same time, it's like, you know, last year we were like riffs, right? Riffs. Like let's get, yes. you know, so, and, and like that's this week is kind of, you know, we got a show coming up. So it's like, but it's kind of a refresher than a, kind of refreshing, but as it goes on, it'll get a little yeah. easier, but still it's like, you know, it's that like, pressure was great though. Cause like, I, I run and stuff and I was out for, yep. it was like hundred degrees and I'm out for a run and I'm like, you know, my mind is like, just stop. You're so, it's so hot out here. This is ridiculous. But then I was like, I'm play that show. I got to make sure I'm ready for it. You know, so it was really cool. Like, you know, it spilled into other aspects of life kind of. that in, in a positive way, right? It's a, it's a motivator. And but the, I'm like only positive now. Like, I'm, you know, with my age, it's like, I, I don't, everything. I try to, I try to find a, you know, so it, it always works like that. Like, yes, I, I agree entirely. The, the older I get, um, and being a father, it, it affects it in that same way of like, what am I, what I put out is what they are going to, they're going to take that in. They're going to take in any of my negative or self, uh, um, anything that would be, uh, self, I don't want to say self-loathing, but self-effacing, you know, I don't, I don't want to be self-deprecating in a way that they think it's okay to think of themselves that way. You know, I'd rather, you, you wouldn't want them to act like you could be acting at that time, right? Like, yes. Like, yes. Someone else acting like that, you would think they're crazy. So, right. Right. Or, or, Again. or like, Hey, are, are you, are you okay? You know, like, you know, you hear enough of that and you're like, is, is that person Okay. And you don't want to put that out there. And, and I feel like the same way with music. I think music is a good way for us to, to work through that. I mean, that's what all, attracts all of us to punk and hardcore anyway. Yeah. And, and a, a little bit related, I, I feel like, you know, being older than the rest of the band, I, I have this like band dad kind of role where. Like, yeah, sure. Like, so I know, I know you're into wrestling. I'm in a band where our text messages are, what, what do you do, like 75% wrestling? No, no. Wrestling and guitars, two things I really can't relate to. That's, that's like the text. <laughs> but it's like, you know, they came over here to watch. Um, we watched it when um, CM Punk. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but it's like, I'm just, you know, I'm like that parent, like, hey, boys, you want to come over? We can make nachos, you know? Like, <laughs> just couldn't be hanging out. Like, I don't care what's going on, you know? Like, it, no, it's a good yeah. time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and that was nice. You know, during during the pandemic, we ended up moving. So we're living with my wife's mom for three months while like our house thing straightens out. And uh, yeah, so being able to go to band practice, you know, I'm like working in this little. They they like converted like a closet to an office for me to work out of. So it's like you know, I'm living like this very. I don't want to say boring because that seems like I'm ungrateful for my you know free living situation, right? But you know, there's not much going on. And then right. being able to practice once a week, it was huge. You know, yeah, it was, yeah. It was like, it's a, it's a it's an outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, b- before we before we sort of close things down, and um, and when we close up, I'll tell you guys uh, I do have a, a couple fun wrestling stories for you because I know a lot Actually, of people. That you, uh, you told you said you would tell Josh English offline about the uh, I don't know if I'm privy to this info, but it was the uh, the Kid Rock story. Done. Yep. I will. Yes. I want to hear the damn kid rock story. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you after this. <laughs> um, so how did, uh, how did you guys hook up with GGT records? 
So Adam and Albert are both Virginia guys. Like I knew Adam in the in the nineties. Sure. Uh, you know, he's a drama drummer, so we, we talk drums sometimes and stuff like that. And um they're both in Seattle now. And uh, you know, I just we're like Instagram friends and you know, message him once in a while kind of thing. And then um I, I let him hear our stuff and then he uh yeah, it was just they contacted. You know, he said he said they're going to do a label and he wants to talk to us. So we all kind of did like a, a call, sort of like this, you know, with all the band members and everything, and just talked it out. So so it's like old friend. You know, I like that they're a Seattle label because that just seems so much. I'm not saying anything bad about Virginia, right? But that seems but it's like pretty fucking cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like oh yeah, this cool out town. But you know, I did know that they're Virginia Fuck past, Seattle, bro. <laughs> Um, and, and it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like that's a pretty cool, like that it, you guys look like you have a good thing going with them. Like those guys, I like what they're doing. I think there's something really like no frills and organic and cool about it. He has exceeded expectations. Like Adam, you know, I talked to Adam more cause I didn't know Albert as much, but yeah, uh, he just goes above and beyond. It's, it's been awesome. Like he actually cares about it. He, he cares so cool. much. He, you know, he's like texting us, like, like, Hey, I talked. I went to this record store today. I went to this record store. I mean, he is doing so much work. Like, yeah, his reach, his reach is. I feel like it, his reach is so much wider than you would think it would be for a new yeah. label, right? I mean, he it's it's been off. Awesome. Like, he just like messages people, and you know, we well, like we got like like we did another interview a few months ago, and like it was because Adam like just found this guy and messaged him, and it was yeah. it was awesome. You know? I don't want to say like when you were trying to remember how you did it, I don't want to say like, well, maybe Adam just messaged you. you know, no, he, he, no. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I, I'm pretty sure I reached out to you guys directly. Didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I did. Cause I, 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 just, I Adam works his ass off. So I just, I just, and he does. Yeah. And um, yeah. because I talked to him about coming on as well. And, um, cause he's like, well, I don't, you know, cause I told him about having you guys on. He's like, well, you know, I don't really have anything on. I'm like, you got a label. <laughs> That's a pretty fucking cool thing to talk about. Uh, you yeah. put out, you put out a seven inch of songs that, you know, the world thought were long gone yeah. and forgotten. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. fucking. So I, your, I listened to your trash episode and I was such a big six one and seven fan. They're, they were so good. God, they were good. Like just you know the first two records. I never got the third one. I I, I don't know. If it was, I, I don't know why I never got it, but I didn't. But uh, those first two, man, they're they're unbelievably good. Yes, yes, great band. Yeah. Um, Such a big in my life at that time. I'm like, it's so cool that you know. And I was happy to hear he's doing stuff. You know. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, just, it was just it was very inspiring to hear like projects and everything. Like, you know. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, like, sad and I mean, sorry, I'm not like, just battling here, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, so you guys have, uh, so what are the social media, uh, outlets people should keep up with me and Jesus on? Um, we got an Instagram, uh, it's, uh, me and G at me and Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do something like that. Just gonna say, I think we're all going for phones to see what, uh, yeah, checking that real quick. They don't give me the password for that. It is uh me and Jesus VA. So that's our, uh, Instagram. Okay. And, uh, we have a band camp. Uh, that is that's mean jesus va.bandcamp.com yeah okay and we'll make sure to i'll make sure to include those in the bio for this too uh pre 
Facebook. And then GGT, I would recommend following yes. them as well on Instagram. Yeah. Yes. And, and uh, shout out to Jordan Greeno at a uh, Studio Two Three Nine B. He runs a he runs a, um, a venue there too. Uh, not for the Week Records too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I haven't even heard of that stuff. But uh, what's the one? Uh, Lethal Means. Yeah, Lethal Means. Have you heard yeah. of that record? Uh, it's, I've seen it getting some uh, some attention here and there. It's, yeah. It's okay. Really good. Check that out. You get a chance. He's, yes, he does I, great works. I will. Uh, the uh, the new seven inch will be available for pre order September twenty fourth through GGT Records, and uh, you guys can catch Mean Jesus on uh, September twenty sixth at the Norfolk uh, Tap House, and I will make sure that we uh, we share that flyer through our Instagram as well, so people can see it. Awesome! Yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna end this this conversation, and then I'm gonna tell you guys some stories that they don't get to hear. So. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, I appreciate everybody listening and we will talk to everyone later. Bye. <laughs>